This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Some puzzles are hard to solve. Others are hard to prove. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Access episodes early and ad-free with 48 Hours Plus on Apple Podcasts. Tonight, Vladimir Putin doubles down on his brutal assault of Ukraine as he declares martial law in four Russian-controlled territories. With Ukraine facing punishing attacks, the shocking admission from the Russian military official known as General Armageddon. CBS's Holly Williams is in the capital of Kyiv. This playground was the scene of a strike here in Kyiv just last week. Breaking news, guns found near the Supreme Court will have the latest on the police response. Trying to lower gas prices, President Biden's announcement today, will it help? Carbon monoxide and your kids. CBS News investigates the number of states that don't require detectors in daycares. It must have shocked you when you found out that there wasn't a carbon monoxide detector at the preschool what every parent needs to know. And the top secret JFK assassination files, both a Republican and Democratic president pushed off the release. Is there something they don't want you to know? This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening to our viewers in the West, and thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night. We'll get to that breaking news about those guns found near the Supreme Court and the arrest in just a minute. But we do want to begin overseas amid Russia's failing invasion. The Kremlin continues to target Ukraine's infrastructure, including power plants and the nation's water supply, as the winter cold sets in. As Russian troops suffer setbacks on the battlefield, President Vladimir Putin is tightening his grip by declaring martial law on four regions claimed by Moscow. 
Well, tonight we're seeing mass evacuations in the southern city of Kherson, with up to 60,000 people being moved out of the city, while the Ukrainian military counteroffensive moves closer every day. And then there's this breaking news. The U.S. charged five Russian nationals with evading sanctions, the Justice Department saying they purchased sensitive military technology and shipped those materials to Russian buyers. Some of those electronics have been found in Russian weapons found on the battlefield in Ukraine. So we've got a lot of news to get to tonight. And CBS's Holly Williams will start us off from the capital of Kyiv. Good evening, Holly. Good evening, Nora. Vladimir Putin's announcement of martial law today could be a sign that his invading army has run into serious problems. Today in Kherson, one of the regions occupied by Russia, the authorities installed by Moscow started moving tens of thousands of people away from the front line, ahead of an expected Ukrainian counteroffensive. The Russian general in charge of the invasion admitted the situation is tense as Russian troops battle to hold on to land they've seized. He made a massive mistake by annexing, so-called annexing, these regions because he cannot defend them. Andrei Zagorodnyuk is Ukraine's uh, former defense minister. He told us Vladimir Putin may no longer be thinking rationally. He is uh, capable of making desperate mistakes and desperate measures. Ukraine's military has made stunning progress in recent weeks, reclaiming swaths of territory from Russian forces. Russia's retaliated with swarms of so-called suicide drones and attacks on the power grid as a harsh winter looms. But Ukrainians have responded with stunning resilience. Last week, this playground in the center of Kyiv was hit by a strike. Now they've filled in the crater and they're busy rebuilding. I'd rather sit in the cold with no water and electricity, laughs this woman, than be in Russia. Ukraine's reportedly made a formal request to Israel to provide it with new air defense systems, including Iron Dome. But Nora, Israel's consistently said that it won't give weapons to Ukraine. Holly Williams, thank you for your reporting. Well, Russia's use of those Iranian-supplied kamikaze drones has marked a significant shift in its brutal assault on Ukraine. CBS's David Martin is at the Pentagon, where he takes a closer look tonight at this deadly and effective weapon. A contrail and a puff of smoke are what's left after Ukraine today shot down another kamikaze drone fired by Russia. But others got through, hitting power plants and forcing President Zelensky to convene an emergency meeting to avoid a breakdown of Ukraine's energy system. The 11 by 8 foot Iranian-made drone carries a relatively small 90-pound warhead. But that's enough. Drones are going to be very good going against uh, transformer yards, things like that, where you can cut off power quickly. Frank McKenzie, who recently retired as the general in charge of all U.S. forces in the Middle East, has seen swarm attacks by Iranian drones before. If you launch enough of them, uh, the theory is you will be able to overcome air defenses because they fly at a low altitudes um, and they're very cheap to produce. How many of these uh, drones does Iran produce? Thousands. Since the first kamikaze drone was launched last month, Ukraine claims it has shot down 223. U.S. officials estimate Ukraine has a roughly 50 percent success rate, which would mean Russia has launched nearly 450 kamikaze drones. That's a high volume. That's a high volume. 
A 50% rate also means more than 200 have gotten through. Even though the Ukrainians use everything from guided missiles to small arms fire to try to bring them down. They don't necessarily fly straight line. They can do dog legs, different route to try to avoid where they think you have your own air defense. So you set your air defenses up, they can shoot at them. Russia's drone attacks only seem to make Ukraine more determined to fight on, but there's no denying they're having an impact. Tonight, a Ukrainian official announced electricity restrictions will go into effect on Thursday in an attempt to avoid blackouts. Nora? Wow, really interesting. David Martin, thank you. We want to turn now to that breaking news from near the Supreme Court. The police have responded to a suspicious vehicle parked near Capitol Hill and have made a weapons arrest. CBS's Scott McFarland is right there on the scene. Good evening, Scott. What happened? Nora, good evening. A congressional source tells CBS News guns, including two handguns and a shotgun, were found in a white van stopped steps away from the U.S. Supreme Court. An 81-year-old man is under arrest on weapons charges. His adult grandson is in custody, and a woman with them was briefly detained but released. The van was pulled over for a police stop. A police dog alerted to something suspicious in the vehicle. They say they did find concerning items in the car but no explosives. The Supreme Court was not in session today, but this happens at a time of heightened security around the high court. An eight-foot fence was just recently removed and had been erected after justices received threats ahead of their abortion rights ruling. And this is not the first gun seized, Nora, at least 16 since January 2021, according to public records obtained by CBS News. All right, law enforcement on alert. Scott McFarland, thank you. President Biden today ordered the release of 15 million barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Reserve. He says the move is meant to lower gas prices and counter a cut in production announced this month by Saudi Arabia, Russia and others. It's the last of the record 180 million barrels the president said he would tap into from the start of the war in Ukraine. The emergency reserve is now at its lowest level since 1984. The president says he plans to replenish the stock when the price of oil drops. Let's turn now to the weather because nearly half the country is feeling the cold with winter coming early this year. 80 record low temperatures were broken this morning from Minnesota to Florida. Parts of Missouri are having its coldest October ever. The winter blast will last for one more day with record lows expected tomorrow across the southeast in more than two dozen cities. But the good news, a warm up is on the way for this weekend. We want to turn now to a scary incident at a Kansas City elementary school. This morning, six students and two adults were taken to the local hospital after falling ill due to a carbon monoxide leak. Fortunately, everyone is expected to be okay. But Missouri doesn't have a state law requiring carbon monoxide detectors in schools or daycares. That's right. And this is the second incident in just as many weeks. That sparked our curiosity. So we went out to find out just how many states demand detectors in child care settings. And the answer will surprise you. The mass casualty incident required every ambulance in Allentown, Pennsylvania. 27 children, four adults, poisoned at a daycare center. We spoke with Dr. Kenneth Katz, who treated many of them. I think the vast majority were improving as we saw them. But having said that, They were very sick. Some of them have lost consciousness. Carbon monoxide is a silent killer, killing more than 400 people a year and sending 50,000 Americans to the emergency room. (laughs) Nikki James Zellner's boys, then age three and four, were poisoned at their daycare. 
What kind of symptoms did your children have? They had elevated um, levels in their bloodstream. Um, they had irritability and behavior issues for about one to two weeks following. We found many of these incidents have something in common. State laws do not require them to have a carbon monoxide detector. Zellner's experience led her on a crusade to change the statute in Virginia. A mission that paid off last year with a bill requiring all public schools, including daycares, to have at least one detector. However, there's no federal law requiring carbon monoxide detectors in schools. We poured over state laws and talked to fire marshals, and we found that states with statutes requiring detectors often have a caveat with them, like only being required in buildings built after 2015 or in those with a CO source, like a gas furnace or boiler. And we found that surprisingly, at least 10 states have no law at all requiring them in daycares. Have you gotten any pushback about putting more carbon monoxide detectors in schools? The majority of the pushback that I would get was related to who's gonna pay for all of this. As a physician, should every school, should every daycare be required to have a carbon monoxide detector? Yes, it is a low-cost device which, which unequivocally will save lives. So as parents, we all want to know, what can we do to protect our children? Well, first, you should know the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning. Those include dizziness, confusion, and vomiting. And you can call your school or daycare and ask them where the carbon monoxide detector is. All right, more news from here in Washington. The Biden administration and the National Archives are being sued for postponing the release of thousands of the most sensitive documents related to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. The delay has fueled the government cover-up conspiracy theories about one of the darkest days in our nation's history. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. The mystery behind the assassination of John F. Kennedy in an open motorcade at Dealey Plaza in Dallas stretches almost 60 years. And the new lawsuit alleges President Biden and the National Archives are dragging out the release of about 15,000 documents related to the November 1963 killing. These records need to be made public because they tell us about a very important event in American history. Jefferson Morley is with the organization suing. He's a longtime skeptic of the CIA and says until the documents are released, Americans are left to wonder whether anyone besides accused shooter Lee Harvey Oswald was involved. Is there a bombshell uh, about officers who knew about the accused assassin while JFK was still alive? Well, let's see the records and we can decide. Most of the documents are from the CIA and could reveal other secrets, including Cold War operations carried out by American intelligence agents and a plot to kill Cuban dictator Fidel Castro. It was the 1991 release of the movie JFK by director Oliver Stone. So what really happened that day? That fueled conspiracy theories and prompted a new law ordering the release of the documents by October 2017. But former President Donald Trump pushed off the release to President Biden, who's ordered them to be released by mid-December. In his statement, the CIA says it's still working to declassify the documents and take out any other sensitive material. If the current plan holds, the documents should be released by December 15th. Nora? All right, we'll be waiting and we'll look at them. Ed O'Keefe, thank you.
The IRS is responding to rising inflation and helping people shield more money from taxation. All seven federal income tax brackets are being revised upward for 2023. Plus, the standard deduction is going up $1,800 to $27,700 for married couples that file together. And for single taxpayers, it's increasing by $900 to $13,850. Now to a St. Louis suburb where there is growing outrage tonight over new evidence that shows unacceptable levels of radioactive contamination at an elementary school. It's near an area where nuclear weapons were produced during World War II. CBS's Adriana Diaz spoke with some of the parents who are demanding answers. Radioactive contamination detected at Jana Elementary School's playground measured 22 times higher than normal, according to a study commissioned for a class action lawsuit. The study also found, quote, unacceptable levels in the school's kitchen, gym, and ventilation systems. It's overwhelming right now. When Patrice Strickland heard about the contamination, she decided to keep her two children home to learn virtually. The very first place that I heard about it was on the news. She spoke at last night's school board meeting, where the district apologized and said Jana will go virtual starting Monday. What went through your mind when you heard about the potential contamination inside the school? It's a lot of things that you can protect your kids from, but that felt like something that I had no control over. And as a parent, it's not easy to feel like you don't have control. The Army Corps of Engineers did inform the school district in January of low-level radioactive contamination in the banks of the Coldwater Creek, which is on school grounds, but said the levels did not pose an immediate risk to human health. The court told CBS News the lawsuit study is not consistent with our accepted evaluation techniques and must be thoroughly vetted. The school building is outside the Corps' testing boundaries. I've been asking for answers. But PTA President Ashley Bernal says the Corps has not been transparent. I believe sunshine is an excellent disinfectant. And so I am willing to disinfect everywhere we got to go by pulling every rug out and shaking it. To get to the truth. To get to the truth. No more dirt is swept under them. We're not hiding anymore. We are pulling it all out. Students will learn from home until at least Thanksgiving. After that, they'll be sent to other schools for the rest of the academic year. Lawmakers representing Missouri in Congress in Washington, where you are, Nora, are demanding immediate action from the Army Corps of Engineers. That's quite a story. Adriana Diaz, thank you. The only bridge that connects Sanibel Island to the Florida Peninsula reopened to residents today for the first time since Hurricane Ian hit three weeks ago. Sanibel was blasted by the storm's 150-mile-per-hour winds and massive surge of seawater. Construction crews worked around the clock to fix the bridge, but the repairs are only temporary. There is important news tonight about the safety of dressers and other furniture that can fall on children. What parents need to know when we return. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion 
while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. An Iranian athlete who violated her country's strict rule that women wear a headscarf got a hero's homecoming at the airport in Tehran today. Sport climber Elnaz Rakabi had her hair tucked under a baseball cap and hoodie as she greeted her family and fans. Many feared for her safety, believing she refused to wear a hijab in competition last weekend in protest. But today she repeated her explanation that it accidentally fell off. Activists believe her comments were made under pressure, and they're still concerned about her safety. Well, there's important news for parents tonight about furniture safety. The Consumer Product Safety Commission has approved new federal standards for dressers, armoires, and other furniture that can tip over injuring children, like you see here. It happens thousands of times per year, and nearly 200 children have been killed by these tip-overs in the last two decades. These new standards will include minimum stability requirements and detailed labels for buyers. Important news tonight for you cookie lovers out there. Nestle is voluntarily recalling its ready-to-bake refrigerated Toll House stuffed chocolate chip cookie dough because it may contain white plastic pieces. The recalled products were made between June and September. Nestle says customers can return the packages to where they were purchased. All right, we're getting a spectacular new view tonight of the Pillars of Creation. That's a vast cluster of newly formed stars, about 6,500 light years from Earth. A new infrared image shot by the James Webb Space Telescope shows the pillars in stunning detail, revealing countless previously unseen stars. It's far more detailed than the famous view we got from the Hubble Telescope in 1995. Both beautiful. And we'll be right back with another historic woman being honored by the U.S. Mint. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Tonight, more historic change is coming to American currency. Actress Anna Mae Wong will be the first Asian-American to appear on U.S. currency as part of the U.S. Mint's American Women series. Wong overcame racism to become Hollywood's first Asian-American movie star and a fashion icon in the 1920s and 1930s. She appeared in more than 60 films, TV shows, and the stage during a four-decade-long career. Wong was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960, one year before her death at the age of 56. The U.S. Mint will begin shipping the quarters next week. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. 
Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.